You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and happy Tuesday. I hope that your week is off to an amazing start. Today is Tuesday, June 8th, and several of the Eagles position coaches are at the podium with answers to all of the questions. Well, some of the questions that you have and want to know about the specific player position rooms. The Eagles presser is locked, loaded, and ready for you, so sit tight. I am your host, Rachelle Prevett, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Before the break, you'll hear from wide receivers coach Aaron Moorhead, quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson, running backs coach Jamal Singleton. And after the break, you'll hear from Titans coach Jason Michael and passing game coordinator Kevin Patulo in that order. So take a listen to what the position coaches had to say. How is your group different this year than last year? And uh, how do you see outside versus slot for these guys? How do you fit the, this this group together? Where will Devontae play and so on? Well, I think, you know, first off, obviously you added Devontae into the group, which is great. And, and uh, you know, the guys are do, doing a great job for us so far. It's, you know, been jogged through tempo. There's not been any competitive periods. So it's hard to – you know, completely gauge all of it. Even even with the guys who are coming back, you're really just going against more of a scout team defense. So you're not you're not necessarily doing competitive things, but just mentally, physically, where they're at, you're able to see that. I think that's the biggest difference. Um, you know, going from year one to year two and year two to year three, those are always the biggest jumps in my mind as far as players goes. And uh, so from my group. Basically, everybody's going from one of those two places, right? So um, you do expect to jump. You do expect expect their their mental capacity and their physical capacity to grow. So uh, so far, it's been really good and and just excited as far as just going through the guys and and, and where they're going to play. We're we're moving guys around. I mean, I think just just in just you know obviously with a guy like Greg Ward, he's going to be primarily in the slot. You know, a guy like JJ, you can move inside, you can move outside, and in a lot of these a lot of these Jalen, you can move in inside and outside. Travis, you can move inside and outside. So we're just trying to 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 piece the guys together and kind of go where 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 do they fit in the in the in the grand scheme of things? But I think a lot of that'll play out during camp as far as where they all line up and, and just making sure that when we get it, when we get out there, we got our best guys on the field. Also, uh, what was it like for you during the coaching transition? Not very many position coaches stayed. Uh, were you uh, thinking that would happen all along? Were you, you know, not sure? Uh, what was that period like for you? I, I tell you what, it was stressful. It was really stressful. Wow. Uh, considering I, I moved in my house July 15th last year and uh, to think you know, that, that all of a sudden in, in mid-January that, that you know, we, we might have to put this thing on the market and move. Uh, 
was a little nerve wracking for my family and my wife and my kids. It just, they hadn't even met the kids in their school yet because they were still all virtual. So uh, it was a little bit stressful to say the least. But, um, you know, I, 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 I've known Nick uh, from, I, I did the Bill Walsh uh, Minority Fellowship uh, with, with Indianapolis a few years ago. And so I, I knew Nick. Obviously, worked with Kevin at A&M in 2017, so had a little familiarity with those guys, and uh, you know I was able to 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 talk with them and 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 and, and able to stay. So I was I was obviously fortunate, really happy, and uh, excited. You know, Nick Nick's been a receiver coach in the past; he's really good. Kevin and I have worked together; we have a great working relationship. So it's been it's been really good so far. Thank you. Go ahead, Ed, and then Dave Zangaro. Hey, Aaron, um, I just want to ask you, last year you mentioned about Jalen Rager maybe putting a little too much pressure on himself as a first-round draft pick. What have you noticed in him, if anything, you know, as far as his mental uh, approach goes, anything you've seen differently as far as his confidence level, anything like that coming into uh, this OTA period? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think he's, he's calmer. You know, he's, he's just, he's just letting, letting his play speak for himself. He's, he's always been a good worker. He's, he's got a lot of talent. We know that. Uh, you know, he's just he's just he's just doing doing the things that he needs to do to take care of himself. And I think that that's really important and understanding that you have enough talent to be a really, really, really good player in this league. And and you don't have to listen to any anyone else but the people in this building and just in, in, in your family structure at home and and, 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 let, and, let, and let's go play ball. And he's been he's been very diligent about that. And uh, I think it's shown in just his his preparation. um you know, I was telling somebody yesterday, just kind of the understanding of the offense and understanding of the receiver play has been so much better, even just to this offseason, just the, the questions he's asking are, are different. And that's good. You know, I mean, and, and so uh, I, I've been very pleased with him and, and just excited to see, you know, where this next six weeks and how he trains and then getting back here for camp and, and, and getting ready to roll. Dave and then Martin. Aaron, uh, what did you like about Devontae Smith as you evaluated him during the pre-draft process? And does his weight concern you at all? Um, I, I, there, there's so much to like about this guy. Um, I had a little insight to him just because I recruited him coming out of high school and had a chance to visit his town and where he's from. And, and you know that background part of it, which is cool. And you knew what he was, you knew what he was built with then. Um, to watch his career flourish, you know, you see a guy catch the game-winning uh, catch in the national championship game as a true freshman. That tells you all you need to know about somebody, to be honest. The, the, the game's not too big for him. And as he went on all these all these years with, with um, you know, the different offenses and players they had, he always stuck out on tape. Even last year as you were watching the guys, he, he stood out on tape. And you go back this year, watch what he did. Um, you know, he just made plays from all over the field, different parts, inside, outside. Uh, you know, they, 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 they motioned him and did, I mean, all kinds of different things. And he, and you could tell, um, not only from the film, but after you get to talking to him in the pre-draft interviews, just how smart he is. And it wasn't challenging for him to move to all those different pieces. And that's something I know we, we value, uh, as an offense is just being able to move around and, and having the, the fluidity to move inside to outside from X to Z to F and, and all those different positions. So, um, you know, and, and the guy, the guy is just very stoic. He loves football. He, he's a great worker um, and just just kind of kind of excited to see the, the progression from rookie camp to OTAs into now 
uh, moving forward in training camp. Excited to see, uh, you know, what what these next few months hold for him. How about the weight? Is that a legitimate concern in your eyes? No, it's not. Um, you know, I, 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 I you, you want to look at it on paper and you want to make it a concern, but, um, you know, I, I, the SEC is as physical football as there is. In the NFL, we know there's there's grown men in this league. We know that. But the, it's physical football. There's physical corners. Uh, you know, both of the corners that were taken ahead of him in the draft he played against, one every day in practice and the other one in games, and, you know, you didn't see any issues. So, uh, you know, obviously um, – you know, if we if we had a lot of concern, I don't think he'd be here right now. So we're just really excited about him and and uh, excited about him, uh, you know, going on in this in this season. Martin and then Chris Franklin. Hi, Aaron. Um, I want to ask you, you have, you know, a really young wide receiver room. I think Greg Ward is the oldest guy and he's 25. What What's it like coaching such a young group? And and also, if I can. On Devontae, like, you know, being that he's, you know, a rookie and everything, like, has he been able to kind of take a leadership type of role just because of the youth of the room? I mean, how do you handle all that, basically? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, Greg, Greg, so, I mean, Greg being, Greg will be 26 in a couple of weeks, and, and him being the oldest guy, it's definitely, it's almost like if it's, it's, it's a young room. There's young energy, and that's the thing I tell him. We got to have energy. This room, you know, it can't be the old, grumpy, you know, the old line guys who are older and they're they're going to be grumpy and walking around here and just, you know, you know, we got to be the young energy of the room, of the offensive room. And and when we're walking around, it smiles, it's 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 juice all day. And and the guys, they should have they should have young, fresh legs and they should be running around all day. Uh, we got guys that can run, guys that can catch and and and, and we've got to be able to to, you know, just the consistency day in and day out is the thing with young players that you've got to just continue to preach. And and that's a that's a really big thing. And as far as Devontae's leadership role, uh, not, I, he's not not yet, you know, but it's there. It's in him. I think, you know, any anybody that that understands football, you guys do. I do. Obviously, you understand when you're a top 10 pick. There, there's something that comes with that as far as leadership and guys are going to look up to you in the room. And if he plays well and does the things that we expect him to do, that's going to come, but it's in there naturally. The one thing that I've seen with Devonte, I hope you guys have from the first day he got here to now, how much kind of looser he's been. And he's, he's kind of just been able to be himself. The rooms embraced him. There hasn't been any, Oh, you got picked and you might take my spot. It's just been, you know what? Like, this guy's a good player. He's here to help our team. And I think that's allowed him to, to kind of come out of his shell and, and be himself uh, probably quicker than he thought he was going to be able to. So, um, and obviously my familiarity with him and, 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 and that's helped as well, but I, I've, I've really come to appreciate who he is as a, as a young man right now. And I think uh, you guys will too, as you get to know him. Go ahead, Chris, and then Zach Berman. Hey, Aaron, uh, you guys didn't have seven or seven or 11s or 11s this uh, past mini camp. How did it affect you, the receiving core, not going against the defense? And does that impact you guys when it comes to building the chemistry with Jalen Hurts, like especially in those scramble drills, seeing in the field where he's going to go in certain areas? Yeah, I mean, those are things that we have to work on. You know, you can't, you can't, if you don't have those abilities to do it during this time of year, we didn't do it, we'll, 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 we practice that. Uh, they'll get a lot of work at it. Uh, training camp. We had we had more a little more routes on air. That's some of the timing and things like that that we were able to work on. But it's not live defense, and that's okay. You know, for for a new offense, 
uh, to be honest, getting the timing of the routes versus air, getting getting lined up and getting in the formations and getting our splits and getting our depth. That's very important for me having a young room like that's super important and understanding just being able to coach off of that is fine. And now now that they've done that to me, now there's no built in excuses when we get to camp. It's go time. Right. We, we've we've gone through it slow. Now it's time to take the kid gloves off and go fast. And, and it's it's time to roll once we get into training camp. Zach and then Jimmy Kemsky. Hey, Aaron, good to see you. I, I, I guess with the benefit of time and hindsight now, what explanation do you have for what happened to Travis Fogelman in those final two months of the season? And did that four-week stretch there give you enough of a sense of the type of player he is or can become? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the, the four weeks showed me a lot, and, and it showed everybody a lot. And, you know, with with – with that, it also comes with responsibility of understanding that now defenses are going to be start scheming towards you to stop you. And, and that for, for a young player, sometimes him, him understanding that it took a little bit, you know, and then a, a young player, he got nicked up a little bit and, and didn't complain, but he, but he had to play through it. And as the season got going, it wore on him a little bit and, 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 and the guy, the guy has it. I mean, we saw it, right? We all saw it and, and it's in there. And I'm looking forward to seeing Travis and what he does this year. Um, I, I think that, that, that the guy, as you saw him progress last year, he kind of hit a little bit of a rut. We saw it and got out of it. And that was the thing to me that was so impressive was he didn't, he didn't go, okay, I'm going to let this affect me completely. He got, he, he started understanding what the, responsibility was and what the expectation was right I mean there's plenty of players in this league that have played four weeks and gone really well and 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 you don't hear from them for a while right and then understanding that is that is that what's going to define you or is this something that's going to be who you or who you are or, is it, or it's just going to be a little blip and I think that um if if Travis can can continue to grow physically mentally all those things he can he can get himself to be that guy, and 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 if he does, to be honest, our our receiving core uh, with with Jalen and Devontae, Travis, Greg can be can be really, really, really good. Go ahead, Jimmy, and then Tim. Hey, Aaron. Uh, Zach just stole my Travis Fulgham question, but just as a follow up to that, <laughs> um, his decline is uh, maybe that's not right, the right way to put it, but sort of where he fell off coincided with the return of uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Do you think? You know, Alshon being inserted back into the lineup sort of uh, stunted Travis's progress in any way. I don't. Um, you know, I, I think that that Travis it it was it was impeccable timing to say the least. All right, but um, I've always been a guy where the best guy is going to play. I don't care if it's Travis Fulgham who showed up here in the last week of training camp and started playing, or it's Alshon or. Any other guy, it was the best guy is going to play. And and as you look at each individual player from week to week, month to month, however, season to season, how you're you're it's football is a meritocracy. You you are you play what you are what you are what you earn, and that is that is every player on, on the field. And uh, you know I, I think that that at the same time Alshon was coming back from injury, he had been practicing for three or four weeks. You guys saw him out there, right, and just hadn't had a chance to play very much, and then. As as his injury started getting healthy, and as his injury started getting better, and he started getting healthy, um, you know there there was the ability to put him and Travis out there together. There was ability to put them out there separately, 
and um, it, it was it, it was important for our football team to have to have the ability to do that. And um, you know, I, I don't want to say it stunted Travis. I, I would say at the, at the at the least of anything, which which is good for Travis, it opened his eyes to hey, look, like you you better come out here and practice every day like your job's on the line, or else someone else can take your job. And I think uh, as a young player, second year player in the league, um, you know he. He was able to take that lesson. I hope he takes it and runs with it in year three. Thanks, Aaron. We'll go to Tim and then John. Yeah, Aaron, you mentioned um, that Reger is doing a, a good job of listening to just people in-house and his family, things like that. Uh, was it pretty evident last year that the the noise on social media was was having an impact on him? And, and what did you see um, in the way that he has kind of navigated past that? Well, I, it's it's interesting. I don't think it had an impact on him, like on the field. I just think that he was reading it. And at some point, the more stuff you read, the worse off it is for you. Because there's a lot of people that don't know anything on social media. And, you know, it's like the old quote, like, don't take advice or, you know, don't listen to someone you never would take advice from. I mean, it's like kind of like you kind of had to reiterate that. Like, who cares what people are saying? Right. I mean, at the end of the day, the people in this building, the people in your circle, those are the people that have your best interests at heart. And. Uh, you know, and, and whether it affects your play, whether it affects this or that, I, like I said, I don't think it affected his play, but just, you know, when, when, when you read that, that stuff just creeps into your head, whether, whether you want to or not. And, and, and he's young, he's 21 years old last year during the season, you know, and the guy's a young guy, uh, you know, they, he's, he, he wants to please the fans. He wants to please the coaches. He wants to please the the team and all those things. And at some point, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta be playing for yourself and your team. And, and, and that's the most important thing. So that was kind of more of the message. I, like I said, I don't think it affected them that way. Uh, you know, but like I said, you, you start listening to, to everything, whether it's good or bad, it can, it can affect you. And, and that's not just Jalen, that's every young player. They, they, they want to see their name in the, in the, on, on social media and they kind of get off on that. And, and again, I, 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 you know, we all have egos, right? I mean, that's just life. You all have an ego, whether, whether it's young players, whether it's, whether it's you guys, whether it's us, we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to think that our opinion matters more than the next guy. Uh, but in reality, you know, you do your job at best of your ability and it all takes care of itself. Hey, we have time for one more and then we'll get coach Johnson. So we'll end it here on John. Hey, Aaron, uh, kind of in that same vein, uh, with JJ. Um, maybe not as overtly, but do you think he put a little bit too much on himself? Obviously, you you were only with him for the second year, but have you seen growth there? Have you seen a similar sort of path? Yeah, I, I have. I, and, and and JJ JJ caught some bad luck last year. You know, he really did. And and uh, you know, it, J, JJ was able to block out that noise last year, which was great for him mentally. You know, and then he just caught the injury bug. It felt like every time he was doing good. He'd get back. He'd, he'd get dinged up. He came back and, and got dinged up again, and and then all of a sudden you look and the seasons the seasons over. So um, you know it was it was it, obviously JJ will be the first one to tell you that that last year was not good, and uh, you know but but JJ's in a great place right now, uh, playing good ball. He had a good he had a good three weeks here with us. Uh, excited to see where where JJ can put himself this year. And and again, with with the guys we have, with Quez and Hightower and 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 JJ Trav and G, and then obviously Jalen and and Devontae. I mean, this is a good room, and this is a young room, and they're going to be fighting their butt off for roster spots this year. And I think that's the best part of this thing is 
You're fighting for playing time. You're fighting for roster spots. That brings the best out of everybody. It brings the best out of them when it comes to the receiver room. It brings the best out of them when it comes to Coach Clay and the special teams. And, uh, you know, every day you got to bring you got to bring your A game or else someone else will. And, and you might get bumped back a spot. So um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about this room. I'm excited about, uh, you know, what what camp will bring for this room and and, and excited to let the guys kind of play this thing out and, and get themselves in great shape and, and, and go out there and, and fight their butt off for what they think is theirs. And and, uh, you know, the best the best guys are going to be here and, and excited to see how this plays out. Hey, Brian, um, just knowing that you had the relationship with Jalen coming here, how much did that appeal to you uh, when you were interviewing for the job? And then how much has that helped you uh, kind of reach him early on in this process? Um, yeah, great question. I mean, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a pleasure to, to be in such a you know, great organization and get a chance to, uh, to coach at the highest level of football. Uh, you know, excited to get a chance to work with uh, Coach Sirianni and Jalen and those guys. Um, you know, obviously having that previous relationship before and knowing him uh, for the majority of his life. You know, I've always followed his career from afar, and he's he's done a fantastic job. And now I'm looking forward to getting an opportunity to work with him. I know it's come up in, in previous coaching stops, but uh, have your quarterbacks realized that you were on the cover of NCAA, and has that been brought up at all? Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I don't think so uh, here as much, you know, that's that now that I think they're making the game again. So it'll, it'll probably get a little bit more hype than it has. But, uh, you know, that's definitely one of the memories that I'll always uh, cherish and definitely have a couple of copy, copies of those games to uh, to have proof for my children. Go ahead, Jeff, and then Paul Domowicz. Hi, Brian. Nice to meet you. Uh, uh, can you tell us your, your early of Jalen and uh, well, I completely I cannot hear your question at all. I'm sorry, Jeff. We'll have to come back to you. Your audio is breaking up. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, Brian. Brian, uh, Dan Mullen said he was when I talked to him in February. Said he was a little bit surprised. Uh, and maybe you thought that this could add something. Hello. Where, where are we here, Allie? Go ahead, Hi. Paul. You're good. Okay. Um, Dan said he was a little bit surprised when he heard that you were interviewing up here because of the fact that, you know, you had two head coaching interviews uh, with Boise State and South Carolina. Um, you know, you didn't really know a lot of people up here and uh, hadn't been in the NFL before what kind of went into your decision uh, to make this jump and, and to coach uh, to take an NFL job yeah um, you know I think the the biggest thing is is ultimately this is the highest level of football and uh, you know I was excited for a new challenge um, you know and I felt like at this point of my career and uh, in terms of you know myself and my family it was a great decision uh, to get a chance to make the jump to the highest level of football. And uh, we're excited to be here. Go ahead, Brandon, and then Dave. Hey, Brian. Uh, Jalen Hurts ranked towards the bottom of the league last year in a number of uh, throwing accuracy metrics. From a coaching standpoint, like what goes into trying to improve his efficiency in that regard? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing in terms of accuracy is, is obviously uh, 
developing your feet and your eyes and uh, making sure that everything's in concert uh, with your target um, and having just a great understanding of what we're trying to accomplish as an offense. You know, I've been uh, extremely pleased with how he's handled uh, the installs, both he and Joe, uh, in terms of learning the offense and, and coming in fully prepared and and uh, and putting our, putting us in a position to uh, hit the ground running once we get to training camp. We'll go to Dave and then Nick Fierro. Hey, Brian, you mentioned watching Jalen from afar during his career. Now that you're working with him, uh, what have you learned about him as a player often on the field? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting because um, I've known him for a really long time. But, you know, this was actually my first time getting a chance to work with him on the grass. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone knows about uh, his intangibles and what type of player and what type of person he is. But uh, he's extremely coachable. Uh, he wants to be a great player. Uh, he works extremely hard uh, at his craft. He's very serious about uh, becoming a great player. And it's been it's been a pleasure to be out there on the grass with him. Go ahead, Nick, and then we'll come back to Jeff. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering, uh, Brian, if, if uh, you know, since you didn't really have um, traditional OTAs, uh, you know, what, what you're able to tell uh, about your quarterbacks, Jalen and really everybody else. Well, I think the, the big thing, obviously, because you don't go against a live defense uh, in th this particular portion, but you do get a chance to see, uh, you know, some routes on air and, and really from a mental standpoint of, What's their capacity for learning? And uh, guys have, have done a great job of learning the system, um, you know, and, and coming in and really studying on their own and asking the right questions and, and you know, being prepared and, and understanding what we're trying to accomplish as an offense uh, in terms of the install on a day-in and day-out basis. Are you kind of more in spending more time than usual, like in, in a meeting room? and, you know, classroom type things than you were on the field? And what could that yep. be? A well, it, it's very unique. Um, you know, obviously the first part we started was was virtual. Uh, so you got a chance to really install and sit down and meet with the uh, with the players and install the system virtually. And then once we got them in the building, uh, it became, you know, a situation where we were able to get out on the grass and try, and try to transfer, you know, from the meeting room uh, to the practice field and uh, the guys have done a nice job of uh, learning a new system and coming in and being prepared each and every day. Go ahead, Jeff. And then Zach. Uh, can you hear me now, Brian? I can hear you. Yes, sir. Great. Uh, what were, what are your earliest memories of Jalen as a child? And, you know, <laughs> as he was growing up, what'd you hear from his father about, uh, you know, what he was as a quarterback and, and when did you kind of uh, start to realize that maybe this kid had the goods to play at this level? Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's been well documented that his dad was uh, was one of our coaches in high school. So I've, I've known his dad probably since I was 15 years old. And, uh, you know, I have memories of, of Jalen running around the field house uh, when I was a high school player. Uh, you know, we'd come back in the summer for workouts during my time in college and his dad was running the weight program at our high school. Uh, so, you know, both Jalen and his brother would be in the field house. And uh, once I got into coaching at uh, Utah, I would go and visit and go recruit uh, his, his dad's school once he became a head coach. And, uh, you know, throughout the, the years that I was a, a college assistant going on the road recruiting, uh, you know, we obviously built a, built a great relationship. And, you know, I remember at Mississippi State, we, we recruited him really hard and, and tried to get him to sign there. And uh, 
he ended up going to Alabama and having having a great college career. Hey, we have time for one more, so we'll um, end it here on Zach. Hey, Brian, as as a follow up to that, what role did his father have on your life uh, growing up and in your coaching career? Um, you know, I've known, like I said, I've known Coach Hurts uh, since I was 15 years old, and and he's always been uh, someone that I've had a ton of respect for. Um, you know, not only as a coach, but but as a father uh, as well. You know, like I said, I've spent a lot of time with him over the course of the years uh, throughout my development as a player and and as a coach. And and he's someone um, who I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for. We actually have time for two more, so I'll get John and Martin. Hey, Brian. Um, nice to meet you virtually. Um, this is new for you, obviously, a transition. Uh, you've been at the college level, so this is your first time at the pro level. So you mentioned that off-season work and, and the scale back. Uh, nothing changes for you because this is the first time. So how has that transition been? Yeah, it's uh, it's been very unique. Um, you know, there there's parts of it where it's it's extremely similar. You know, it's ultimately it's – it's just football, but just the processes uh, of certain things are, are different. And, you know, you kind of learn some things as you go, but it's been a wonderful transition in terms of um, getting a chance to be around uh, a great group of uh, coaches each and every day, great group of players each and every day. And, uh, you know, just being obsessed with how do we improve these guys and get them better on a consistent basis day in and day out. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Really looking forward for the opportunity to uh, to continue to help develop and uh, you know put the quarterbacks in a position to where they can reach their potential. All right, last one here from Martin. Hi Brian, nice meeting you. Um, How you doing? Oh, kind of oh, kind of along those lines. Um, you know, being such a young quarterbacks coach, uh, you have a veteran in your room, Joe Flacco, who's you know been around. He's going in his 14th year, won a Super Bowl and everything. How how valuable is that? Um, to you and the quarterback room? And what have you noticed about him as far as, you know, his ability to play and lead and all that? Yeah, well, well Joe's been great. Um, like I say, I mean, I've obviously watched him for a really long time, and um, he has a ton of experience. And I always say experience is life's best teacher. So he has a, a lot of intellectual property that he's been uh, willing to share with our room, and it's, it's been great for our room just to – you know, hear from some of his shared experiences uh, throughout his career in the league. Um, you know, and, and he's, I mean, he's just as smooth as they come. I mean, he's done it for a really long time. So he understands exactly, you know, what the goal is, what he's trying to accomplish, um, how he can how he can continue to improve uh, and put us in a position to be successful. So uh, it's been a pleasure to, uh, to get out there and, and be on the grass with him. Hey, Jamal. When you enter a, a new running back room as as the as a position coach, what do you try to establish amongst your players who have had a guy potentially in there for a really long time who has a lot of respect in that room? You know, one of the things that I always do, and it doesn't matter what where I'm at, what city, what room is, is I just start with their tape. And I truly go through each and every one of their carries, their receptions, their pass blocking. And what I try to come up with is just look at some things of how can I help them get better? 
And really, that's what I present to each of the players when we meet is, hey, these are some things that I've seen on tape. These are things that I love. I think you do awesome. These are some things that I think I can help you improve on. And I think that's part about NFL players. When they see that you can help them get better, that's what's important. So, you know, earning their respect, earning their trust, and just showing that I have a knowledge of the game. And at the end of the day, I can help them become better players. What do you think that Kenny Gainwell needs to improve upon as he enters the NFL? Well, Kenny a, is a rookie. So Kenny's probably got a whole list of things that we could talk about that he needs to improve on. But he's coming in and he's working, and we've had limited time with him, and he's had a few practices that he's going in there. But I think a lot of times for the rookies, it's just how to be a professional athlete, how to be a pro and understanding what that means on a day-to-day basis, whether it's from nutrition to how you work out to how you study to how you take notes. So that's always the foundation that I try to build with those young guys is just really teaching them how to become a professional. Dave, and then John McMullen. Hey, Jamal. You have that uh, assistant head coach title uh, as well. What does that mean to you, and and how does that work in in practice? You know, really out of the gate with with a new staff, a a new position, a new position coach is that my my main job right now is, is learning the offense, installing it with our players, and getting them ready. You know, and I think part of it is there'll be things that Nick comes and talks to me about and bounces off of me, whether it's ideas of something he's trying to do or something he wants to do. And I think I have a little bit of a varied background, so I've got some some understanding things of maybe beyond football. But that really that's it. It's just being a sounding board for him there. But at the end of the day, it's it's making sure that as a running backs coach here that my room and those guys are ready to play when Sunday comes around. Go ahead, John, and then Jeff McLean. Hey, Jamal. Um, so can you kind of take us back a little bit and when you got the job, uh, how, how that came about and how you and Nick got together and kind of explain that part of the process? You know, it's, I've always said this about, about job opportunities, and I, I think they come around when you do the job you currently have the, to the best of your ability. And I, it's not something I, I haven't been a guy that goes out and looks for jobs. I'm really focused on trying to be the, the best guy or whatever position I'm in at that time. And I think part of the, the reason this opportunity even came up was we did have some crossover. You know, I was with the Colts for two years um, right before actually Nick and the, that crew came in. So there was scouts on staff that were still there that, that knew of me and knew of my work. There was a, actually a, a scout here that was on staff as well. So really the, the information kind of came my way that, hey, the Philadelphia Eagles might be giving you a call. And again, it wasn't something that I was researching and trying to get involved with, but then the opportunity presented itself and I saw, I did my research too. You know, I knew some guys at the Colts and I called and asked about, about Nick and, you know, some of the other guys that were coming and just the more information that I got and the, the more, you know, interaction I had with Nick and some of the other guys' staff, I was like, you know what, this may be an opportunity that, that I don't want to pass up. And at the end of the day, you know, talk with my wife, we're, we're, we're a partnership in this and asked her, to, is this something that, that maybe we should pursue? And she was all in. So that's really how it came about. Just through, I think, a little bit more about other people that I've worked with that, that spoke highly of me to Nick and, and ended up getting that call. And, and it kind of went from there. Go ahead, Jeff, and then Ed Kratz. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, I'm sure you've watched your share of film about film of Miles Sanders, but now that you've got him, gotten him on grass, what are, you know, what do you assess, uh, what, what is your assessment of his, uh, his abilities and 
you know, he obviously a productive first two years, but what do you think he can do and what you can help him do to kind of take his game to the next level? No, I think which is which is always good in this league is with a guy that's, you know, a few years, just only been in it for a few years, I've actually had some time to do some major evaluation of him. You know, he was a guy coming out in the draft that, that I actually went to his pro day and worked him out and met with him and watched all his tapes. So I knew a lot of a lot about the young man, to be honest with you, from his college days and, and all that stuff, again, a chance to work with him and meet with him and that. So, you know, I had a little bit of understanding of who he was as a player. Like I, like I mentioned before, then I went in and just looked at all the things that he had done while he's been in the NFL. And, and that's part of, you know, helping him become a better player, 1%. And, and really what, what I always find is there's not a whole lot of wholesale things that you're trying to do differently with a player, but it's just being able to identify one little thing. Maybe it's just his toe point on an outside zone. Maybe it's just his shoulder level when he's running inside zone and just some of those little things. But I think, I think we all know we've seen flashes that Miles is – has got some good ability to him. I can't wait to to work with him and see him grow even more and get him to hopefully to another level. I think that's that's my job as a coach is to take what he brings to the table and help him improve on those things. Ed and then Paul Domowicz. Hey, Jamal, nice to meet you. Um, I wanted to ask about, we had Aaron Moorhead on earlier today and, you know, he talked about the youth and, you know, the depth of that wide receiver room I mean do you see the same thing that when you look at your running back room Aaron said that guys are going to be fighting their butts off for jobs is that a similar situation you think in your in your running back room I think you have to have that. You have to have healthy competition in a room, and I think it really just makes players rise to, to the best they can be. And I do. I do see some competitiveness in a room. I do see some competition. When you look at the, the makeup of our room from Miles to Boston to Jordan to now Carry On to now Kenny Gainwell to Huntley to Elijah, I mean, it's it's a great room for that. I enjoy the room. I enjoy working with the guys or guys that, that want to be pros and want to be the best that they can possibly be. And at the end of the day that that's how you want your roster to be built with guys that are fighting for for a position and know that they have to compete and know that they have to perform so yeah I would agree with that that we're definitely in a position where hey we've got some competition going on and, and I think that's good Paul and then Zach Berman yeah hi Jamal a uh, non-Eagles question you're a Air Force grad your dad was an Air Force sergeant I wanted to get your thoughts on uh the Navy turning down Cameron Kinley's uh, request to uh, delay his commission and, and play in the NFL. Do you have any thoughts on it? Well, I think you, you kind of just said it. I'm an Air Force guy. You know, so so really, what what the naval the navy decided to do? I don't have a whole I don't know a whole lot of the background of, of kind of some of the things with the navy. I don't know what the the reasonings were for that decision. Um, so to be honest with you, if it if it's more of an air force question, I might have a better answer for you. But for for the navy, I guess they've got to do what's best for them. But not really something that I know a whole lot about. Go ahead, Zach, and then Jimmy Kemsky. Hey, Jamal, nice to meet you. You had uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, two years ago at, at, at 270 plus carries, you've also had backfields where it's kind of been split. What's your approach there? Do you want to have that, that quote unquote featured running back or, or do you want to have a rotation in the backfield? 
Well, I think it all depends on your room. And I think there are very specific skill sets that you need in your room. You know, you need a first and down, first and second down runner with that really elite ability. You need a guy that can pass protect on third down and be short yardage. You need another, a back that can run routes and you can put them out and empty and do those type of things. So it's really a combination of that. I think the days of a true, hey, he's an every down back, I th- think that word is a little skewed these days because of the speed, because of the contact, because of it's a tough, it's a tough position to play when you look at how many hits you can take in that. So your room, the way I look at an NFL room, has to have all those abilities. Now, how many guys it takes to get those abilities, that's where the difference is. It could be two guys that you can get all those skill sets that you need. could be three guys that you get all those skill sets you need. But you've got to have some of those basic things in order to really, I think, have a good position room and a position group. Now, how that plays out just all depends. You may have two guys that are similar and maybe they split carries. You may have a guy that, hey, he's more capable of doing the pass game stuff and that's kind of what he does. But I think more more and more each year, you're going to see multiple backfields, multiple people in the backfield because of just the the toughness of the position and what it requires. Go ahead, Jimmy, and then Nick Fierro. Hey, hey, Jamal, um, getting back to Miles for a minute, he was good as a rookie in uh, pass protection and as a receiver. And uh, those are two areas where I think it's probably fair to say he struggled a little bit in the second year. Uh, in the past, he's always been pretty accountable for his shortcomings. Are you seeing that with him this year in those two areas? And what does he have to do to get better on passing downs? You know, and as I mentioned before, kind of when I come into a room and and look at the things that they do, another thing that I I also come in is I make sure that each and every player knows they've got a clean slate. You know, what they've done in the past really doesn't matter to me as much as what they're going to do in the future. So it's more about helping those guys develop and not taking any negative things from the past or even positive things. I want us to be in a position where, hey, we build a foundation each and every day of who we're going to be, what type of players we're going to be. And I think for some guys, it gives them a little, okay, you know what? Last year was last year. And there's a lot of things that I can do this year, things that I can control. We can't control what's happened in the past, but we can definitely help what's going on in the future. So working with him, he, he does. He has a skill set that has a lot of abilities to it. And again, working on each one of those abilities from his route running to his pass catching to his running the football, all those things that really at the end of the day, you're going to work all your backs with. So I'm excited to see you. It's been fun working with him so far. Um, we haven't had a whole lot of time, so there's a lot more things that I, I look forward to working with him on. And we'll get to a point here when we get closer to the season of really knowing, okay, who is miles in 2021 we have time for a few more here so we'll go to nick Les, and jeff hi jamal nice to meet you um i'm curious uh jordan howard and you know his progression through it really is query i mean he was a one-time starter a really productive starter he came to the eagles pretty good year in 2019 is in that backup role but then when he came back last year you know kind of buried on that depth chart seeing signs that he can get back to the way he was and, uh, you know, what are your just general brushes of him? You know, again, here's another guy that I evaluated coming out of college, um, was at his pro day, got to meet with him, know, knew his college running back coach very well. So I feel like I kind of have a little bit of a, a relationship with Jordan and understanding that. And same thing. I did see those, those early years in Chicago with what he was able to do. So, again, what has happened in the past couple years, you know, I think for him too, maybe maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder now, which is is awesome, and he should, and come in and say, hey, you know, he can 
get back to the the ways that he was because you mentioned it there. He was kind of buried on a depth chart. But I, I like what he brings to the table. I think he came into this camp just ready to work. And, and again, the same thing. What can I help him with? How can he can better? What are the things that he can do? But I like it. He just adds another piece of competition into the room because we've seen it. In the past, he has shown some success. Well, I, I want to see what he does in 2021. Go ahead, Les. Hi, Jamal. Uh, on the Cameron Kinley question that Damo asked a few minutes ago, uh, you got out of the Afro Academy in 99, right? That's when I graduated, yes, sir. Did you, uh, was that an issue for you? Were you looking to postpone your service requirement at all? And what did you do in the Air Force? Um, I'd love to say that it was, but I think my NFL aspirations, you know, were <laughs> a little pushed back there. Like they say, if you can't play, you coach. But uh, but no, that that wasn't something that was even something that I considered. Now, I, I have played with players that have had the ability to get out. Um, actually, I coached a player that played here for a little bit with Chad Hall, who's now the Chad wide receivers Hall. coach with the Buffalo Bills. He's one of the first running backs I coached at Air Force. Um, but no, I mean, that that isn't something that that was there for me or on the table for me that I even thought about. I was going to serve. I did a, multiple things in the, in the military. The interesting was I was supposed to go fly. Um, ended up not liking flying as much as I thought I would. And then actually went into public affairs and did that. And to be honest, was fortunate to get back to the academy while I was still active duty and worked with Fisher DeBerry, who was the head coach that I played for, and ultimately the head coach that gave me my first job in coaching. So uh, interesting career. I did a lot of traveling growing up as a kid um, and then didn't do as much when I was actually in the military myself. But it's it was, it was a great run. Uh, and I always said the only reason why I got out the Air Force is because I got my dream job. And that was a chance to coach at my alma mater. And that's that's really what started this whole journey for me in coaching. And do you wish the academies had like a universal policy rather than this guy gets to delay his service, but this guy over here doesn't? And it I seems chaotic uh, to me. Um, well, maybe, maybe if we all put the service academies into one big bubble, but I think you can't, you can't do that. Each okay. service has a very unique mission and job that it has to accomplish. Each service academy are training different individuals for entirely different jobs. So it's, I, I really think that you, you have to have a little bit of that autonomy between the three of them to decide. Now we would all like, Hey, well, well, they're getting out and they're not. Um, at the end of the day, it, it's just, it's a different thing. And I, I think it's going to take a lot more than just changing each academy, but but I do. I think it's it's important that each each service has a chance to kind of make their rules because they are different. All right, thank you. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hey, Jason. Nice to meet you. Um, nice to meet you. Uh, Dallas Goddard uh, um, and also Zach Ertz. First, have you gotten an opportunity to talk to Zach, uh, whether via phone? Obviously, he's not in camp. And also, uh, Dallas and the fact that it looks like he's going to be the the tight end one this season. What do you see from his his skill set, and what do you think he you can do to accentuate his game? Yeah, yeah. First, first question there with, with Zach. Yeah, I've had an opportunity throughout. Um, you know, early when when we all first got here, um, had an opportunity to call and, and and speak with Zach, and 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 have continued to to stay in touch. You know, um, consistent communication with him. You know, throughout. Um, so yeah, that's that's been good. Um, you know, just in terms of the conversations that we've had, in terms of Dallas, you know, yeah, we just you know obviously just got a chance to finish, you know, this this off season program that we've had here, and and it's been great just to have an opportunity to work with him and all the guys in the room of uh, you know just the learning for both sides of us, you know, for for Dallas learning, you know, and and all the players learning, you know, the system and you know the coaching styles and and, and all the different things that are going on. Uh, and, and then for me as a position coach to learn those guys, um, to, to, to have had a chance to watch the film, you know, when I first got here, you know, from last season and previous seasons. And obviously you, you stay in touch with guys and look at guys throughout the league. And so I've had a chance to do that with Dallas, you know, since he's come into the league, you know, going back to evaluating him coming out uh, and, and to see those things that you thought then and you were able to see throughout um, just, you know, him building and growing as a player. It's, it's, it's fun to see that. And then to now have an opportunity to work with him. Um, and, and help him, you know, take those next steps. So it's it's been a great opportunity, and it's been fun to do so far. Go ahead, Dave, and then Mike Kay. Hey, Jason, nice to meet you. Um, you mentioned that you've stayed in touch with Zach. Is that a difficult situation to be in when there's some history between the the player and the organization, and you're coming in as a position coach? No, you know, for me, it's you know, I just wanted to make sure that those lines of communication are open. Um, you know, I respect Zach Ertz as a player. You know, the same thing, if you've been in this thing long enough, you remember those guys coming out and when, you know, when he came out of Stanford evaluating and just 
um, you know, evaluating different tight ends over the year. I have great respect for him. You know, he's played, you know, winning football at a high level for a long time. Um, and, you know, in terms of difficult, no. You know, I, you know, I look forward to an opportunity to, to work with him, you know, hopefully as it goes forward. And, and you know, just want to make sure that, that there's communication there. And, and um, you know, in terms of, of that, that's been positive. Mike and then Jimmy Kempsky. Hi, Jason. Nice to meet you. Um, how does your background as a quarter, as college quarterback, former quarterbacks coach, and a former offensive coordinator help you uh, as a tight ends coach? How does that help you reach the guys in, in certain ways that maybe somebody else wouldn't who has that experience? Yeah, it's a good, good question. You know, and it, it comes up a lot. I think. Yeah, I think we all know that that, that this game offensively revolves around the one position of playing quarterback. Um, and, you know, having played that, um, you're able to coach the position from that standpoint, you know, especially in the passing game. Um, there, there's certain things that you can, you know, teach, coach, you know, whether it be as simple as a release, you know, for instance, as an example, you know, you, you talk about is it an inside release or an outside release? You know, sometimes, hey, look, you can tell guys, you know, as a quarterback, you know, what the read is, okay, where the quarterback's looking to throw, you know, in terms of those things. And if you do this, you've got an opportunity to win and get the football. If you don't, you, you won't. So, you know, I just think, you know, having uh, the, the big picture understanding from a quarterback of being able to relate that and hopefully, you know, I, I say this all the time, you know, quarterbacks, obviously it revolves around that, but to play tight end, um, you know, I always joke and say it's the second hardest position to play. And I, and I truly believe that. Because you're playing running back, you're playing offensive line, you're playing wide receiver, you're doing it from a right-handed stance, from a left-handed stance. So all the adjustments and things you're doing, you have to understand the big picture of the offense and not just one aspect of it. Um, so being able to relate that to those guys, you know, what the quarterback's looking at, and then the same things that they're doing, you know, I just think it helps the the the, the growth of a player when they they can know the why uh, of, of what we're doing or why we're doing something and not just, you know, what the line on the sheet says, you know, in the playbook. With Jimmy and Jeff McLean. Hey, Jason. Um, one of the easy observations in our first look at the team this year is how big uh, Tyree Jackson is. Uh, obviously, I'm sure he, he still has a lot to learn transitioning from quarterback to tight end. But what are some of the things that you've seen from him so far? Well, I mean, I think you stated the obvious. I mean, he's a he's a big target guy, long with length, you know, size. You know, you look at him on the hoof from that standpoint. Um, go back to the previous question. He's played quarterback, you know, you know, with the quarterback history and the pass that he's got. He's got a good football understanding uh, and, and understands general football, um, you know, just in terms of very short off season of having a chance to work with him. But, you know, he as well as any of the, all the guys in the room, you know, it's, it's been positive to see growth from day one um, to, to nine, 10, 11, you know, having a chance to work with him further, but it's just, if, if he can continue, you know, like, like anyone, you know, just taking the, the, the coaching, you know, whether it's the footwork, it's all new to him. He's never been, you know, you, you go back to that just as the simple things of being in a stance, uh, the releases and things, um, you know, it's, it's, it's new to him every day and, and he's taking those strides and, and, and obviously has a, a good mental aspect from football and that helps him, you know, being able to take those into the physical and he's done a good job with that so far. Jeff and then Paul Domowicz. Hi, Jason. Nice to meet you. Uh, a few of my questions were taken. So I guess I'll, I'm going to reverse course here a little bit. Uh, how, how does playing for Jack Harbaugh, how did he influence you as a coach, um, having played for him back in college? 
Yeah, uh, that's a great question. You know, Coach Harbaugh and the you know the Harbaugh family have been very fortunate to to like you said, you know, play with him, uh, for him, you know, at Western. Um, a very uh, passionate man that um, was was all football. Loved 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 the game. Loved people. Uh, and, you know, he as well as all, you know, a number of coaches, you know, when you're in this as a player, you, you, the teachers and the coaches in your life, you, you learn from, and, and he's just one of those men that, you know, at that point in college where um, you're developing into a man, you know, that it's not just football, that it's, that's life and things of, of how he, you know, went about it. Um, he was hard on you. He was, he, he got after you pretty, pretty good. And, and and I, and I responded to that. You know, I grew up as a coach's son. You know, my my dad was a coach, and so that's what I knew. And it was just, you know, the next step of that. But but Coach Harbaugh, you know, just the passion and how he coached and how he taught and how he cared about you as a person, um, of how it's not just football and, and 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 those things. And then just that continued relationship, you know, with him, you know, even with John and with Jim, of having you know a great opportunity to, to spend time with them, you know, throughout my coaching career you know, and, and continue to stay in touch with those guys. It's been great. Paul and then Zach Berman. Hey, Jason. When when Dallas came out of uh, a college, uh, you obviously watched tape on him. Did, did you anticipate he would be this good of an inline blocker uh, when he got to the next level? And, and how important is that aspect of his play to this offense as far as what it can do to a running game particularly with a running with a quarterback that can run. Well, I think, you know, I think they did a good job, you know, just, and it's been a while since looking at it, but, you know, coming out of, out of South Dakota state, um, you know, he lined up everywhere and did a lot of different things. And I think as, as this position, um, you're, you're trying to find, there's so many things, you know, there, there's so many specialized guys and so many different ways that the positions used and, and you're trying to accentuate the talents of, of, of every guy to, 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 to be the best blocker, route runner, receiver, all of those things. And, um, you know, just looking at, at, at how he's continued to grow in all areas. You know, I don't think it's just the running game, but I think it's just, you know, how he's grown in, in all aspects of his game and just continues to make those steps. And it's it's been great. You know, like I said, this offseason, you know, it, it's different in regards to he's learning uh, a new system again. You know, there's a lot of similarities going over, but it, it's been great to be able to get in, and take those things that he's done in the run game um, and, and build upon the good and then find some of those things. You know, none of us are perfect in this. And looking back at the film of being able to find some of those nuggets of, you know, whether it's combination blocks or some different things that you look at to where we can go in the film room and look at those, you know, and, and you can ask the questions of, hey, what were you doing here? You know, he's trying to find, find out as much about me as I am him. And, and some of the things that they were that they were doing, how they were coached to do it, and then taking those new coaching points and being able to go out on the field, working with the tackles, working with the with the other tight ends and combination blocks, uh, and just to see, you know, from the first day that we were able to get out there on the field to what day nine and you know was was like, it, it's been good to see that. Um, but he's continued to grow in all those areas, you know, and I don't think it's just in the run game, but but um, in all areas of the game, and and, and hopefully continues to do the same. Go ahead, Zach, and then Jeff Mosher. Hey, Jason, nice to meet you. I guess regardless of, of what happens with Zach, uh, behind Dallas on the depth chart, from the outside looking in, there's there's very little established experience, right? There's, there are a few players who've, who've played in the league. Are, are you comfortable with the depth on your roster behind Dallas? 
Yeah, I think that's what this time of the year is for. You know, um, we, the guys that are in there are doing a great job. They're, they're, they're working hard, you know, to, to learn the system. And, and look, we're a long ways away from training camp. We're a long ways away from the, from the start of the season. Um, the, the time that we've been able to spend thus far, you know, what, what, what all those guys in the room do from now until we get a chance to come back to training camp. Um, and, and look, the, the off, off seasons have been modified slightly of how we're doing things to where really when we get in pads, that's where we'll get a true chance to evaluate these guys, um, everyone in the room to see, see who's going to make those strides. Um, it's all about, you know, finding roles and finding what guys do best and, and, and there's, there's guys in the room that are working really hard and are making strides right now. Now we just got to take that next step in training camp and find out, you know, how those guys play out, how, how it all plays out, you know, not only in my position, but, but across the, the offense and the team. Go ahead, Jeff, and then Brandon. Hey, Jason, two-part question. Thanks for uh, doing this. Um, one, piggybacking off Zach's question about the younger tight ends, what were your impressions of uh, Jack Stoll after the, uh, the OTAs you guys had? And two, kind of along those lines, how did you and the Colts organization last year know about Noah Togiai after the Eagles had um, put him on waivers and you guys claimed him? Yeah, Jack, you know, just like all the guys, Jack's done a good job, um, really liked, you know, just the, the style of play that, that, that he had at Nebraska. You know, um, you go back and you look at his senior year, you know, he dealt with some injuries there. And then going back to the previous year of really looking at his junior and senior film as a whole, um, just the, the the whole body of work of you know strong-handed guy that that you know caught the ball well, um, played in all phases of the game you know as a blocker as a protector, um, and just you know some of the skill sets that he was able to do at Nebraska to be able to you know hopefully continue to develop at the next level and and you know to be able to see those uh, the interviews were all positive with him of having a chance to speak football um, he had had a good football understanding and you know love the game. You could tell he was a competitive guy that, that the, the competition part of things and how he went about it and just the passion that he had for it um, all were all positive uh, in regards to that evaluation process. Um, in terms of, uh, of Noah, um, you know, he's, he's with the Colts. You know, when, when he came into the uh, deal, uh, the way the whole process goes with the personnel department, you know, they, they came to me and, you know, in terms of evaluating players like, like they do common. And um, fortunately, you know, he was he was available. Uh, and we looked at him, evaluated, and, and took a chance, and, and he ended up, you know, coming there early, you know, uh, right after training camp there. Hey, we have time for one more, so we'll end it here with Brandon and then get Coach Petullo. Uh, hey, Jason, following up on the question about what you have in your tight end room, a lot of young guys, um, is, has there been any dialogue with uh, Richard Rodgers, who was here last year, and any interest in bringing him back? That's, you know, that's a question for, for Howie and for, for Coach Sirianni. You know, I, I know he was here. You know, I, I have not spoken with, with Richard, know of Richard, but um, have not had any communication with him. Thanks. I know you've spent, obviously, a lot of time with Nick Sirianni over the last few years. Uh, curious when you thought he might make a good head coach and, and what it's been like now to work with him in the first few months here. So really, when I got there in 18 with Nick, and, and we knew each other before that, too, uh, the first thing that stood out to me was his command for the, the big stage, getting in front of the offense and speaking to the team. That was something that stuck out right away. I mean, he does an unbelievable job of getting in front of a big crowd and just speaking to people and conveying the knowledge and the details of which he wants to get things done. So that was probably the first thing. And then his relationship with the players, you know, it goes back to 
some of the guys that were the back-end roster guys uh, that we were trying to get better to make the team, and then big stars like T.Y. Hilton and all these other guys, the relationship he had and how he challenged them, you know, that that was something that was different, um, especially being around a guy that's we're about the same age. You know, you don't always see that, the ability to channel different different ways to reach guys, and that was something that was very unique. Mike and then Zach Berman. Hey, Kevin, with your background with, with wide receivers and quarterbacks, how, how have you been able to kind of teach wide receivers and quarterbacks about the opposite side of the field, kind of the defense? Speaking to a former player of yours, he said that was kind of more of your role in Indy. How, how has that kind of come together? So being able to coach both positions, you know, it's, it's interesting because you can really marry the two. And coaching receivers in Indy, I was able to use my quarterback knowledge from coaching that position and playing it and get the guys to understand why they needed to be somewhere and the reason why we needed to have them there at that time. So when you look at a guy like T.Y., for example, there was a lot of conversations we had in the past about, hey, when you see this coverage, this is the zone we want to affect, or this is what the quarterback's doing, why he needs you there on this timing and rhythm. So I think you can really teach the guys a different perspective that they're not used to hearing. You know, if you're just a receiver coach, sometimes you have a different background of technique and fundamentals. Whereas when you have that quarterback background, you know what the quarterback's thinking and what they have to do from play to play and the details of which they're asked to get things done. And that that knowledge can be conveyed to the receivers. And then they start to understand more of, oh, this is why you need me there. And it's not just I'm running a route to run a route. I think it can really help. Go ahead, Zach, and then John McMullen. Hey, Kevin, nice to meet you. Uh, you were Good to meet you, the- too. The uh, the first guys Nick um, I, I I guess brought over came here with yeah. uh, those those first few days. What was that like for you and and Nick when you were putting the staff together? And then how would you explain what your role is here? So that that was kind of fun. Uh, Nick and I obviously came together in that the first trip, and that was neat. That was a great experience for me. Mm-hmm. And then being on the front end of a lot of it, like I said, that was another great experience. Um, we were together going through a lot of the hiring process and things we wanted to get done and. And the culture we were thinking about setting and his ideas of of what he wanted to do and just kind of being there for him, you know, being a sounding board and letting him take what he wanted to do and, and get it in the right direction. And anything that I could offer up to help him, I, you know, I tried to do. So that was that was big, uh, obviously, for him. And so I just wanted to support him in any way I could. And we had so many talks over the years, him and I, about, hey, you know, if one of us ever gets the chance, what are we going to do? And obviously he was in that position. So it was cool to kind of see it go through. Uh, with the knowledge and stuff he wanted to do. And then as far as my role, you know, obviously with the pass game, I'll be heavily involved. You know, I'm working with the receivers from time to time, been in quarterback meetings, kind of been a little bit of everywhere, having my hands on everything and and making sure we're getting done what we want to do in the pass game and working with Shane as well, obviously. And, and the good thing is for all three of us, Shane, myself and Nick, you know, we've all worked together in some capacity you know, with Nick. So it's very easy for us to, to come together. We know what Nick wants and, and the vision he has. So, you know, we can go work our, our angles and get things done that we need to get done. If I can follow up real quick, you said you had those conversations over the years about what you would do if you were head coaches. Um, I, I, was there anything that happened that you could not have prepared for that, that you only, that, that you only knew being in, in those shoes? Not really. I mean, you know, I, I was fortunate around, enough to be around a lot of good head coaches and and on a lot of newer staffs. Obviously, that's a good problem and a bad problem, I guess. But I took a lot away from, you know, the Todd Bowles and 
I was with Chan Gailey and Herm Edwards and Ken Wisenhunts and all these guys. And, and Nick had the same thing with all these different guys you've been around. And obviously with Frank, both of us being there, you kind of take things and, and you hear things from them and, and you just kind of work through it. You know, you, your, your experience gets you to a certain point and then you got to use what you know is the best decisions and, and things to go forward from there. John and then Jeff McLean. Hey, Kevin, nice to meet you. Um, to kind of uh, follow up on that uh, the relationships you've had with Nick and Shane, and obviously you guys have been together, uh, but you're in different roles now. Obviously, Nick's the head coach. Is that uh, going to be an evolution, or do you guys kind of know how this is going to, to work and, and mesh together when you get closer to game planning? And then secondly, um, your, your interesting sort of history as a player, quarterback, wide receiver, do you have a comfort with one or the other of position uh, from your playing days? So to answer your first question, um, you know, it's kind of interesting how we've, we've been going about the offense because um, Nick's background with Shane, it's a lot of similarities to what the offense was in Indy. Um, and then it evolved in Indy with me and Nick and how we did things. And then Shane evolved, obviously, as a coordinator with the Chargers. So it's kind of been neat to put all three of us together and go through the offense and say, okay, we liked this. We didn't like that. Let's change this. This is what we want to do. This is a staple. This is something we need to emphasize. So that's been really good for all of us to kind of talk through things. And, and like I said, we kind of have a similar philosophy and what we all like to do and what we've seen and, and how we want to get guys in positions to uh, make plays. And then to answer your uh, second question, you know, not really. Um, Coaching quarterbacks was great. Loved doing that. Obviously, that's that's what I played most of my life. And then I played some receiver in in college. Um, and then coaching that position, that's been fun too. And that's that's kind of what's been interesting. So that's another common bond that you know Shane, Nick, and myself all have. And especially Nick and I, he's coached both positions, and we've coached similar players. I had Stevie Johnson in Buffalo, and then he had Stevie at the Chargers. And so there's a lot of things that we rely on. I had Dwayne Bow when he was a rookie for a year or two when I was coaching. I just started coaching at the Chiefs, and then he was there with them as well. So there's a lot of fun background things that we can talk through. But as far as being comfortable with a certain position, no, not really. I think each one has its own unique style. You know, quarterbacks, obviously, you go at it a different way. Receivers, you can kind of go at them a different way. But that blend is uh, what's kind of unique to have, that you can go take both positions and give them more information than the average person. Thank you. Go ahead, Jeff, and then Paul Domowicz. Hi, Kevin. Nice to meet you. Uh, you mentioned the bones of the offense. Uh, if you look at the, the three guys uh, that have to do a lot with the offense, Nick, you and Shane, uh, the guys that you've coached under, you mentioned Shane Galley, uh, the bones of the offense. I mean, is it, you know, is there, is there some Earhart Perkins in it? Is there some Air Coriel? Is there some West Coast? I mean, what do you, what do you, when you look at the offense as it is in, in the playbook, is it all those or? than uh, than the other yeah i think it's a good mix i mean it's going to be obviously the philadelphia eagles offense and, and training camp will obviously help us with that too solidify what we want to do what we're going to hang our hat on and kind of what direction we're going we have got a good feel for what we want to do right now with the last couple of weeks of work but yeah it's a good mixture i mean look at the uh around the league, the offenses are kind of evolving every year. And so as a coach, that's your job. You have to evolve. You have to study other people and take what you like and past experiences and, and go from there. So I think it's kind of, like I said, it's going to be our offense, the Philadelphia Eagles offense. 
We'll take a couple more here. So we'll go to Paul, Jeff, and then EJ. Hey, Kevin. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, your quarterback. Uh, Jalen's obviously a unique uh, player, uh, what he brings to the table with his running ability. What does that running ability mean to the passing game with respect to how it's going to limit man coverage from teams and that sort of thing? Well, I think anytime you've got a quarterback that's that's got legs and he's a threat in that direction, uh, defense has to honor it in some capacity. So they're going to be limited in some areas too and some things that they may have done against a different quarterback, they're probably not going to do to you. So there's certain things you can do going into a game knowing, okay, we're going to get this, probably not this, or this is something we, that they've done in the past to a running quarterback or a guy that can make plays if the pocket breaks down. So there's a way you can game plan and kind of use that to help you and, and help the player. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Kevin, I'm curious, as someone who spent a lot of time around Nick uh, in the past and got to know him, um, what you your thought about the public's reaction to his first uh, press conferences and, and how he appealed to the, the media and public and, and just you watching that. Is that something you anticipated knowing how he is? And uh, what did you think of it? You know, it's funny. I really didn't pay attention too much to it because he was so busy doing that stuff that I had all the other stuff he wanted me to do. So like, he's like, Hey, I gotta do this. You gotta do this, this, and this for me. So I was kind of like running around making phone calls, you know, Hey, we're going to interview this guy, do this, do that. We got to set up this, set up that walking around the building. What are we going to change? You know, things like that to where I really didn't pay attention too much to it um, until after the fact. And even then it was kind of like, okay, you know, it was your first one. Well, we'll just keep going from there. And I, I, I know what kind of guy he is and what he can do and, and what he does in front of the team. And so, you know, I, that's the setting I see him in the most and how real he is. So, I, you know, it, it was kind of unique to say the least. But uh, I really didn't pay attention because I was so busy doing the other stuff for him that he wanted to get done. I got you. Can you, can you expand a little bit when you had said he um, challenges players in a very unique way um, as you got to know him, what you meant by yeah. that? So the one thing that he does is he believes in competition at its finest. I mean, he will – challenge everybody obviously to get better but to just be more competitive within themselves with the team with the room whatever it may be and a couple of things he does is like you know there's a lot of video we watch obviously there's all these teach tapes and different ways we try to get guys to get better and you know he's always wanting hey if this is better than the previous one i'm going to put you on the teach tape so that's one way he's going to challenge guys to get you know more competitive with what they're doing um and, and it's just it's a different way you know he's going to if you're a guy that needs to be loved up a little more on certain things and, hey, you need more explanations, you need more visual cues, you need more, you know, talking through, more walkthroughs, he's going to try to find a way to appeal to everybody and get to that personal side and get to know them and then challenge them to be more competitive. All right, we'll Thanks. take one more here from EJ. Hey, Kevin, I wanted to ask you about Brian Johnson. Um, what kind of role has he had as you guys sort of shaped the offense? And you guys obviously had Tom Manning over at Indianapolis. And, yes. You know, uh, Brian's kind of like a similar mold of somebody who came from college. How important is that diversity, um, you know, in his uh, offensive scheme? Yeah, Brian's done a great job so far. Uh, he's done a great job with those quarterbacks and really offensively, too. It's been fun to ask him a lot of questions like, hey, what are, you know, I was in college at, at 2017 at A&M, so I got to do a lot of the RPO stuff. And so we've had a lot of good talks, but it's good to have a guy on the staff that knows that kind of game and what's going on and what's the new trends in college and some new things we can add. 
and a guy that's been doing it for a long time. I mean, he played the position at a high level in college, been coaching at a high level. So to have somebody else you can bounce ideas off of and go through and say, hey, could we do this? Have you done this before? Oh, you have. Okay, let's watch that. Let's try to, can we use that at this level? Because it's all about being cutting edge. And the quicker you can beat somebody to the punch and you're the first one to do it and put it out there on tape, defenses have to stop it. And everybody knows it's a copycat league. So if you can get out in front of things, you got a big advantage. So Brian's done a great job with that kind of stuff. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.